Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to Saturday Night Shaggy. It's been a while, but we have a special episode for you guys. Uh, I and Lum and V-Lord actually went to Anime NYC last weekend, uh, and we got to catch the screening of episode one of Tale of the Outcast, which is uh, a Shogaku Kanemon. We may have talked about it before our previous episodes. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, and I'd like to introduce to you all my lovely co-host, uh, Sakaki. Say what's up. Say what's up. <laughs> all right, buddy. Uh, there's a reason I, I'm recording this show. This, never mind. Anyway, uh, <laughs> V-Lord, say what's up. Say say what's up. Or hi. Right. Cool. Okay, you cheeky V-Lord. bastard. I started a fad. I'm, I'm popular now, Mom. <laughs> And uh, our very own special guest, Lum, say what's up. Say what's up, I will, because this outcast got a tail. And you're stepping on it, so get off, because it hurts. <laughs> Bars. That's exactly why we got you on the show. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, I mean, yeah, Tale of the Outcast was, uh, I haven't read the manga at all, so I went into this completely blind. Uh, all I know is that uh, you both had, uh, you both as in my, my normal co-host, Sakaki Beeler, have told me like good things about the manga, and uh, I was looking forward to it, because I, I didn't realize that anime was coming out so soon, I think in uh, January, right? Yep, January yep. 8th. Yeah, so it's, it's coming out pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, apparently, um, Lum was watching the, the, the PV earlier, and uh, a lot of the clips from episode one were... Or a lot of the clips in the, the, the video were from episode one, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they, they also sampled the, the OP, right? Yeah, I mean, the OP is in the trailer. Since we didn't get to see it during the preview, aside no. from yeah. five they seconds. They skipped all the openings and endings during that screening of Crunchyroll Winter 2023 premiere highlights. Yeah, the, the DJ was strapped for time. I, yeah, I mean, I guess they had an hour block and technically these shows are like 24 minutes a piece so I guess if you remove OP's 80's you save 3 minutes from each show you narrowly fit it into the hour which is a little bit over yeah, yeah. oh so they had opening endings on them and they just skipped them cause I just assumed they just gave they had just episodes without them no they had the openings and endings like it was the, it was the straight up episode, like episode. File. yeah yeah mm-hmm. it was the full episode file they just had as an mp4 <laughs> they just manually skipped the openings and it endings. looked like they were running in like vlc media players yeah something. yeah they were God, like oh, okay <laughs> like because when you because you guys kept saying that i just assumed that because you know sometimes the screenings they don't have the opening endings on so i just assumed they just didn't have it but now hearing you 
they actually you could have seen them they just didn't let we could yeah. have we literally saw the opening for outcast for five seconds and then they skipped it wow <laughs> wow and, and then we saw the full ed of the final one the ice blade sorcerer which was pretty funny yeah i guess they it was all etchy shit care at that point yeah <laughs> yeah i mean outcast premiere came in the middle of like this block of three premieres that they had at anime nyc which the first one was, I don't even remember. I didn't even watch it. I just stepped out. The <laughs> reincarnation of the strongest exorcist or something. Yes. Yeah. Very forgettable. And then the last one was Ice Blade Sorcerer, which was also pretty boilerplate Isekai, but was at least very funny. Yeah, it was very generic, but funny. It was yeah. based generic, okay? <laughs> sure. It was also very rote because the dialogue in that, my God, we had the same interaction in that show six times where the character introduced himself to a new female character and was like, hi, my name is Ray White. And then X character was like, hi, I'm me. You can call me by my first name. And then go okay, back Mr. White. Like, like, literally, yes. Okay, Mr. White. And they just keep going back and forth like that for internally. It was just, I couldn't believe it. it was there, like there was so also that bog standard guy that was percent. always hating on White. Like, without one uh, name. <laughs> no, the, the fact that the bully guy kept yelling at him and screaming, Ordinary! Yes, was very yes, funny. So, so funny. <laughs> like, they just funny say ordinary in English. Say ordinary in English. Oh, man, you all are making me... If it wasn't obvious, I wasn't at AMYC this year with everybody. So, and they're making me really wish I'd gone. Yeah, we're just... We're we're just making sure Sakaki comes next year, you know, because yeah. that's what friends do. I'm gonna make sure. Miss you. Yeah, I was, and I missed you. I saw all of your exploits on Twitter, and you know the stuff that you talked about a little bit on Discord, and I was like, dang, I surely should have gone or figured out something. So, I mean, if you're listening to this, definitely tell AMYC that you think that <laughs> WSSTV should be allowed. <laughs> you should you should tell them because we with two years in a row we got um, denied press privileges. I mean, the last last year we I just paid for everybody in the outlet to go, which you know that's what a boss should do. <laughs> Thanks, boss. <laughs> But this year, like by the time we got like anything, the the press, the not pre- I mean not press, but like the badges were like really expensive, and Saturday was completely sold out. So it just wouldn't mm. have made sense to pay like a hundred dollars for a day. So yeah, yeah, th- yeah, that's that's what shit happens when you have fucking Hajime Isayama come on Saturday and fucking yeah. shit show. Not even like half the people try to get into the fucking panel anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you guys are going to have a whole, like, podcast about that, so... Yeah, and we'll save our full con discussion for that. We should get back to our tale of watching Chael the Outcasts. Okay, so, um, Sakaki, since you are Mr. Shaggy, I want you to give us a, give us a quick back of the blurb. What is Tale of the Outcasts? And who, who, who came up with it? Who was the genius? <laughs> uh, Tale, Tale of the Outcast or Night of the Outcast, which I get those both confused because <laughs> it's in Japanese, it's literally Night of the Outcast. So, but the subtitle is Tale. Go figure. Um, mm. But yes. Oh, like the, you mean like the, the Ruby text? The Furigana? I mean, yeah, it's No Kemono Tachi no Yoru, which is Tale, Night of the Outcast. So, like, 
and then in English it's Tale of the Outcast. So I always get that confused when I'm like reporting upon it. But it's by Makoto Hoshino. It ran. I really should have had this up, but it ran as Shonen Sunday for eight volumes. Yeah, yep. twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one. August to April. Yes, and yeah, August 7, 2019, yep, April 14th, 2021, yep. So, it ran a show on Sunday, I mean, pretty decent run. I mean, I was talking to everybody all, um, off mic about this, but the weirdest thing about it is that Chicago kind of really advertised the heck out of this. <laughs> like, they gave it, they released the first two volumes, like, a pretty close to each other or something like that. Um, They gave it color pages quite frequently and yeah it seemed like they really wanted this to succeed and unfortunately it didn't and even more even more so like it's hard to tell if it got cancelled or it just reached its natural point because Mm. um the artist Hoshino sensei like not that one (laughs) yes I'm bringing that back here (laughs) this isn't D. Grayman everybody it's it's a different one (laughs) but like Hoshino sensei like was suffering some medical issues towards the end so and it was going on break pretty frequently like not long enough to be called a hiatus but it'd be like in an issue then out to then back an issue then out another one so like it's hard to tell if they were just like yeah we'll just pull the plug on this This is obviously not working for you and it's not selling or whatever and I don't remember the ending offhand which I wouldn't spoil here anyway so yeah so when it got announced that I was getting an anime it was kind of baffling but essentially the plot is about Wisteria who's an orphan girl who lives in the British Empire towards the end of the 19th century-ish or so Um, and she's I mean, I hate to say it kind of fits this template of the slave girl being saved by the magical beast dude. But that's really it. And that's probably why it got an anime, because it just fits that <laughs> template. Very reminiscent of Ancient Mingus's Ride, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really it hits that. Um, I will say, I haven't seen the Ancient Magnus Bride, which shame on me. So, but I will say... It's okay, it's about a skullfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's one way to put it, Gary. <laughs> it, it, it certainly makes me want to watch it a little bit more now. What? <laughs> oh, Sakaki, I didn't know you were into that, but uh, okay. okay. Well, listen, I, I, you, be, talking to with this group has awakened me to things. That <laughs> You're more of a necrophile than uh, <laughs> to be shally. Gotcha. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. But like, yeah, it, it fits definitely that kind of thing that's very popular nowadays. So maybe Chicago Con was like. Oh, fucking. No. <laughs> <laughs> Considering how Conan's birth was just, we want something like Kindaichi, but in our magazine, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe, you know, Shigaku Khan just approached Hoshino and was just like, yeah, would you mind doing that? And we'll promote it. <laughs> so maybe. But anyway, she's, uh, um, Mysteria's like a slave girl, and she meets up with this powerful being called Marboss, and he's basically immortal, but nobody can see him. I mean, she can. And, um, <laughs> so the two of them, like, and basically, she's a lonely orphan girl, he's a de- immortal demon with no friends, and, you know, she, they basically become kind of like, they have a friendship between them. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's basic. that's the basic problem. And then, well, I guess we'll get into, like, the particulars of, because I don't, I know V-Lord told me what the first episode covered, but I don't remember. So... But that's basically the premise. I mean, I guess the difference between this and maybe, 
I don't again, I haven't seen Magnus Bride, so I don't know, but like, is that it definitely de- becomes more of a battle shonen very quickly. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say that the guy is a kimono, not a. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's that too. He, he's definitely more of a, on the furry side of persuasion mm-hmm. than, than the skull. <laughs> But, yeah. but like, yeah, it, it that that's probably the biggest thing. And like, I will say, just looking at the manga, just from the manga, what I've read, and I've read pretty much all of it, although I can't remember everything. Um, but yeah, it's it's got really nice artwork, and I and I do like the two leads a whole lot. So those are definitely strong points for it. Um, but yeah, uh, and then like I said, it got an anime, and here we are. We'll be. I mean, possibly I'll be able to check that out January. But what did you guys think of it? Uh, well, for the most part, well, I'm going to say this up front. Uh, I I had the most favorable impression out of the three uh, shows that were screened together at that yeah, uh, easily at that event. Yeah, I had the most favorable impression of uh, uh, of um, Outcast. So basically, I thought that it told the most coherent and like. I don't want to say competent, but like <laughs> it, it, it's it's the one that actually tried to tell the story that I felt that like uh okay like trying to get something like emotionally resonant out within the span of like an episode. So like I'm like hey yo you're actually you're you're kind of trying for something here. So uh that made me want to like uh keep watching like you know uh yeah I, I don't know like it, for the most part uh when it comes to a lot of these shows that uh, get adapted are they're like multimedia franchises, and they're just like, "Hey, we're trying to sell more copies of X series or whatever." Like the the source material, and since this one is already like completed, um, I don't really see the point in kind of like drumming up that kind of support. Um, I think this is probably either like a producer passion project or like someone who was just like, Hey, I think it would be neat to get this out there in animated format. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I would agree with that person. Cause uh, I, I, I was engaged enough to want to keep going. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. like definitely the biggest draw of tale of the outcast is kind of that, relationship between like wisteria and marbus mm-hmm. and i feel like mm-hmm. the first episode while it definitely condensed quite a bit of the first chapter it still i feel conveyed across like you think it condensed it rather than expanded on it i guess uh it condensed actually not i guess I it did expand the, it i read the first chapter just today like i went into this premiere completely blind uh, in terms of you know i hadn't read the manga before and so I read the first chapter today in preparation for this, and I was like, okay, well, pretty much everything in this first chapter was in the episode, but they expanded. They added a whole lot more to the story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I guess like I'm thinking less chapter one and more like the other chapter put in. Like well, chapter they, they completely recontextualized what they took from that chapter. Yeah, that's into true. the story of the first chapter. So it's like they expanded the story of the first chapter by adding in an extra element from that later chapter. Yeah, so I guess that's not the right word, but like even though they reworked the initial introduction, like it still conveys the same key points. Yeah, I think it did it. In some ways, even more strongly than the first chapter. I think that having this, you know, palpable danger that is, like, very visible. Like, seeing Visteria, you know, be taken by this noble who buys her. 
basically. And then, you know, in the manga, like the priest who sells her off, like kind of taunts her by saying, hey, I heard that this guy has a reputation for torturing young kids or whatever but we never actually see it we don't see it in the manga but also like and again in the anime he doesn't say that to her it's that we don't find that out until later until it's more effective as a twist because Vesteria goes with the guy to his home and he takes her to what she thinks is going to be her bedroom and then we see oh there's a lot of creepy torture stuff on the walls and weird taxidermy stuff, and then the shoe drops, and then it becomes a horror thing. And uh, we understand, oh my gosh, he's in real scary danger here. And that's intercut with, like, you know, the priest kind of giving this reveal to Snow, right? It comes at a better timed moment, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's the other yeah. thing. They, they implement Snow earlier in because they even add a scene with snow like in the middle of the episode that wasn't in chapter one yeah no, don't I, you I mean, mean conda first stop <laughs> basically we, we ju- i just spent a bunch of time trying to differentiate it I this, mean, is it this it's, it is interesting that both these series by hoshinos have like knights of, of order of a cross in them but uh basically yeah i mean the thing with snow is like at the end of the first chapter but in this episode they in have snow like appear like in the middle to look for Visteria and to interrogate the priest and stuff so again I think they incorporate him a lot more seamlessly into the story too yeah and I guess part, well, part of it's like hindsight too now that the series is over they n- probably know what is necessary what, for what they want to fit in like what I assume is a one core mm-hmm. versus what kind of they can put on the cutting room floor. That's yeah. interesting. Like, has it been confirmed to be one core, or are we just that's just your what that's you think? What I'm just assuming. I can't imagine this is a two core. It could do be a two core. Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think eight volumes would probably be like a two core. Like, if the yeah, there wouldn't be. I mean, to me, there wouldn't be a point of animating this if they're not going to complete it since it's already a completed story. Right. I mean, it's just going to be a matter of how rushed they want to do it. They could do it in one core if they really wanted to, but, you know, if they take their time with it, there's plenty of material for two core. Yeah, there definitely Uh, is. I'm just, I'm always a pessimist. If they haven't announced the second core or whatever, it's like, all right. Yeah, we don't really have a confirmed episode count. But, you know, especially in the light of something like Hoshinengi, where they did 23 volumes and 23 episodes, it's like... Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's we, fair. Yeah, that's true. They'll do it in the least amount of episodes they can do it in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's yeah. Because like, I, like what I said earlier, like what are what are they going to promote? <laughs> the thing is already over. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I, I mean, I got the sense for this based on how they kind of restructured, rewrote the first chapter into this first episode that this is made by a team a writing team uh particularly that cares about the material and showing off the best qualities of the original work and telling a compelling story out of it it isn't just like a boilerplate like oh let's just take the manga and just like regurgitate it on screen it's like no let's take the manga let's flesh it out and let's make it work for the format this half hour format and let's add these elements in that can make the story even stronger and 
connect and build things up more which is why i like the addition of like fleshing out kind of the character of the noble who buys wisteria and then also having the reveal be that oh he had made like this uh, contract with this demon that then malvis can fight against and it is during this fight that the situation becomes desperate enough uh, for Marbis to need Wisteria to make that sacrifice of like sacrificing her eyes to form a contract with him to heal him, and then he can take down this this demon. Okay, because otherwise he was like crumbling and he was just not able to put up the full fight he could. So I thought that was a really smart choice to add that extra bit of tension. Uh, desperation to that scene and make it a really exciting climax. Because, yeah, like, yeah. reading through the first, I mean, I've I read through the half of Volume 1 so far, and, yeah, it definitely comes off at first to be just, like, a kind of thing where it's a very comfy kind of, okay, she's lost her eyesight, but they're both just kind of traveling, seeing things that they, you know, couldn't, other, that seeing things together now that they have um, each other. So, it I, and again, I was saying it off mic. I don't want to make it sound like it's very unnatural for it to become like a battle manga or any whatever, but it it it, it definitely takes its time building that stuff up. But hearing what you all are saying is definitely it sounds like the anime because it's working from already completed um story that they can integrate these things or rearrange things to be even more fitting. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, the first chapter, definitely, there's no... I won't say there's no sense of that, but there's, you know... Right now, the only demon we're really introduced to is Marboss, and, you know... Yeah, he's, there isn't a fight in the first he, chapter, exactly, and he's exactly. the only demon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny we mentioned E. Greyman, because, like, the writer of the anime wrote six episodes of Hollow. <laughs> so, of course. Made so. <laughs> a whole mix sense. Felt it in my bones. And also, 14 episodes of Space Brothers, so... Hmm. <laughs> so yeah that so it's interesting that we mentioned that we mentioned d gray man i mean i guess that would be an interesting parallel to <laughs> comparison to. what's the what's his name what's the right uh yamashita kenichi kenichi yamashita yes so i mean i'm looking it up now but uh, definitely okay because from what you're saying i i like i like i mean i'm always a person that enjoys it when an anime does different things but to an extent because like i know some people are like i don't want to just watch an anime just like as lum said regurgitate the manga just anime format but at the same time Tell I, that do- to mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean but at the same time there are sorry times that, i just uh, i just like throwing shots <laughs> at the same time i think there's a limit too i, I if i don't want to read something mm-hmm. that's completely divorced from it either yeah no i think that it is very respectful and passionate about the sports material and that's why it was able to find a way to expand on the story to bring out the best of it in adaptation Hmm. yeah i'd agree i'd say the main thing that held this adaptation back is probably the animation if anything the animation is nothing exceptional but it's also not bad either it's just, you know, a little stiff in some areas, and it's just not the most excitingly directed fluid action stuff. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's kind of a shame, though, considering how beautiful Hoshino's artwork is in the manga. It's like, I think, like, the we were talking about this off mic, but, like, the visuals and the stills look really nice. 
yeah, but I think because color it also design is really striking. Right. I think but if you the, look at the lighting, the use of colors, like it's a really nice looking show. Right. But when we also have to take into account motion and how the characters move, it kind of breaks that immersion that mm. is an element you don't really have to worry about in a manga. Yeah, that's true. Yes, I think that it is kind of made up for just by its strong performances. Yeah. Which I think do a good job in selling, like, the emotion of the characters. I didn't realize that uh, Wisteria's VA is Hotaru from the Oh, yeah, 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 that's her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm i just reading now how she... Ayana Takitatsu. Yeah, I'm just reading now how she knows some um, pedigree, and they've done some fate stuff. Like, they did some stuff for the comic mythology, so I'd like to see them in some of their other things. And they had, before um, Outcast, they had a one-shot in Sunday Webbery in 2000. Well, no, it was a series. Oh, shoot, it was a series for two volumes. So, huh, okay. Danshi no... I can't read this kanji. But, um, yeah, I would like to see more of their stuff. Like, yeah... Um, and one thing, oh yeah, while we're talking about the artwork, one thing I liked that, that caught my eye when I was reading this originally when it started in Sunday is that Hoshino has a way of using, like, film reels for flashbacks, like, which is yeah, really interesting. Yeah, now that, I don't think that they replicated ah, that's the show, or maybe I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember it. Yeah, they did not keep that aesthetic in the show which is a shame i really like that about the manga but they didn't do the, anything but fit the film real thing yeah that that caught my eye almost immediately like when reading the manga and it's really a nice because um you know for people that don't know um generally speaking manga do have like black borders for flashbacks like all of them this isn't just like one or two then that's i guess the manga because way of telling you okay this happened before this isn't currently what's going on so um hoshino on the other hand, you know, was invented with it a little bit more inventive and has like film borders for whenever there's a flashback and within the manga. And this is pretty constant mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. Even, even with the like, you'll see one off panels and they'll have a film on that one panel and, or, yeah. and then go back to current, you know, events. And it's like, it's really, it's really cool how consistent they are with that. Yeah. It's a really great touch, and it's perfect for the medium of uh, animation, for, of a uh, film medium, and I don't know why uh, they didn't take advantage of it. Clearly, they had to take some notes from Pompo. Exactly. I mean, it's no <laughs> Pompo to send a file. True. True. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, Pompo proves it's doable, but I mean, I guess maybe, you know, on the TV animation timeline, they didn't have that. They couldn't do that, which is really a shame. Like, that's the one thing I would say that you need to have, like, that an anime should keep, like, if nothing else. But, okay, well, it is what it is. So, like, what did, um, volume, I mean, not volume, but episode one cover exactly? Just episode, uh, chapter one? And some elements of later ones? Yeah, basically, it covered the first chapter, and then it sort of takes the demon from the third chapter and elements of that fight into the first uh, chapter's plot in in the end. Yeah, they basically plot the demon that's from that, like, murder 
like story in chapter three and made him like the final boss. Oh. It's not like one to one. The designs kind of changed a little bit, but like the dialogue at the end where like the demons like, oh crap, you're one of the like 13 yeah. great demon things, whatever. And like Malvis like kind of talks him down with you, like utterly destroys him. That yeah. part is like. I mean, the designs look close enough though. It's close it's enough. Anime Liberty, but it's very clearly that demon. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good. I think that's a good choice, to be honest. Because then, uh, putting together stories that could basically be just like one-offs or whatever, and and tying them into a coherent kind of follow-through is. I, I think that's smart. It's a good way if you're gonna end up condensing stuff to to be able to thematically link them like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. I agree. Yeah, but I'm looking at uh, chapter three now, and I see what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think overall it was well handled. Like, like if I hadn't read the manga beforehand, I wouldn't have necessarily noticed that they had spliced two chapters together. I mean, yeah, I mean, I hadn't read the manga beforehand, and I didn't know that that's not how the story's supposed to go. Like, it made, it was seamless to me. It was like, oh yeah, this is, this builds upon the previous twist. It makes, like, a sense as a natural destination for the end of the story for Marbus to confront another demon and then in this like really dramatic circumstance for Mysteria to make her uh, offering her sacrifice to power him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it made a lot of sense to me. I was actually surprised reading the manga that, oh, that's not how it goes? Yeah, I mean, okay. as much as I like Marbus wacky around nobility, I guess fighting a demon is higher stakes to make a contract. <laughs> he does that in the episode, too. It's just that, you know, it, that's not where it ends. Yeah. And also, like, the demon that the nobility made the contract with is the guy who kills him, so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to this. I mean, I do hope it is more than one core, because, like, I, I just don't see how they... I mean, they could. I know we've talked about it, but, like, it really... I, I mean, the pessimist inside me is thinking that they aren't going to try to adapt everything, though. They're going to probably hit, like, the key plot points, and then... I mean, they did... Finish They off. did reveal some of the VAs for, like, later characters, but, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, a bunch of, like, demons I do remember... Hearing, like, I do remember reading in later chapters, they've already revealed VAs for them. So, like, I guess there's going to be some attempt to get through as much as possible. But, I mean, some pretty big name VAs, too. You know, we got Kobayashi Yu, um, Matsuoka, a couple of them, like, so, uh, Suwabe. Who are they going to be? Uh, who? Matsuoka Shitori? Shitori? It's a demon. I know that much. But, like... He would be. <laughs> so, like, yeah, they, they, they've got a pretty nice VA cast here, so, like... And that tends to be the way. <laughs> Whenever they don't, they can't get, like, awesome-looking animation and makeup for it and just uh, voice acting. And, yeah, like, all-star cast here. Yeah. Like, I think only Diana, who's, like, another, um... Um, another girl, human girl, mixed up in this demon party... <laughs> Is she's the only like newbie? Everybody else is like a veteran. Oh wow, yeah, this Risa Imayanaki. Yeah, she has a very sparse cast list. Where it's like she's in this, and she was like a minor character in bottom tier Tamazaki. It, it was wow. really interesting because like on Twitter they made a big deal about revealing who Diana's voice actress would be, 
Which was so I was under the impression, oh, they're gonna get like somebody with a super huge profile and no, not really. So I don't know if that's I, I don't know if they just felt like she's really a popular or breakout character or something. I mean, I know from what I remember she gets her own arc and that was like a really good arc, but like oh. I don't recall it or being like super more popular than anybody else, so when they reveal it's just, you know, because I'm looking at the Japanese wiki and yeah, she doesn't have a page on this. So, um, yeah. I mean, I guess this is going to be a breakout role for this actress. Yeah. Cause yeah, it could be. She, I mean, she doesn't have that many, like, really big credits, so this is, like, her biggest character yet, so. Mm. Pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely a story where, um, Again, the manga is much more slow moving from just what you guys are saying. I mean, and I don't mean to say that in a way that it's like a volume of nothing and then, like, then it picks up. Like, by chapter three, I feels like it does start to move along. So, I, I mean, I will, I do, I mean, of course, being the Sunday guy, I do like that kind of, like, slow roll, but, like, I can also understand how that, especially when you're advertising as Marion said, a manga that's no longer out there. I can understand why you get to quote unquote, the good stuff right away. So, yeah, I also, I mean, having read the first one today, I actually thought it moved pretty fast in terms of like meeting back up with snow, like Mysteria reuniting with her brother and then that conflict resolving like that all happens in the first volume. And I'm like, wow, then we got to that fast. I thought this is going to be prolonged a little bit more. I mean, I might be remembering from the point of view of reading it weekly. <laughs> so <laughs> that that might be the thing. Because definitely, like, I was saying it off mic, I have the entire... I do technically own the entire series. I just own it in every Sunday issue that it ran in. So, I mean, I have Volume 1 in Japanese that I bought just to kind of, I guess, compare artwork and stuff. But I just never got around to buying the rest. But then it got licensed, which... I mean, again, probably got licensed because they knew the anime was coming. So, because I remember that was a surprise to us when they got licensed for something. I mean, to be fair, it's a short series, you know, not much, you know, to lose with this. And it's... It'd be surprising if they knew the anime was coming because they licensed it, like, shortly around when the manga was ending, Seven Seas. And, like, the anime didn't get announced until, like, earlier this year. So... I can actually check that. But, yeah, I mean, either way, it was a surprising... The anime got announced um, June 30th, 2022, just looking at Comic Natalie. So around that yeah. time. And Seven Seas, like, started releasing the manga last year. That's still, like, a year, though. So no, it was, like, last year. They started June 2021. They licensed it, like, earlier in 2021. Uh, no, they licensed it like on August twenty eighth, twenty twenty. So like, oh yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, no, that, <laughs> year, okay. I don't know if like almost two years in advance they knew that an anime was coming. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. That that does make. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm maybe not. Seven C's can just predict the future. Maybe. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it was probably a um, a publisher thing where they're like, "Hey, get this series because we're just gonna get a an anime soon, and we'll give you something else that you want." Get get the series, wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that. that that makes sense because I can imagine Shogaku Khan wanting to get. I mean, again, they advertise a mess out of this, so like I can imagine right. them maybe even yeah, just 
you know, nudging somebody to I pick can this see up. The the okay, so no, I was wrong. The first two volumes did not come out at the same time. It was the third and fourth. They both came out <laughs> June eighteenth, twenty twenty. So the final volume came out May eighteenth, twenty twenty one. Oh no, the final two volumes. So they had a couple where they just released them together. So so yeah, they had um so by the time this had been licensed, it was still running. So would they even have Take seven seasons instead of picking up Sobate. Go look at this series called Tale of the Outcasts. <laughs> I mean, like we at this point we we, we got to push them to get some more like some more Fujita. But considering that the one that they got didn't sell well, they'll just point at that and be like, "See, we tried." Or Kodansha tried. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I meant it in the sense that somebody tried. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Some, somebody tried and it didn't work. Why should we? Especially for a longer series like Sobote, which was what twenty five volumes. Yeah, 25, which is still the shortest. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's still <laughs> the shortest series to date, but, like, it's still a lot of volumes for something that may or may not sell. Although, whenever I did read, whenever I was reading Sobote on, like, Twitter and stuff, people were all like, yo, what's that? Our buddy Casey was just like, that looks sick. <laughs> <laughs> the moment someone sees them bomb Sobote, that's when you're sold. We just need an influencer. Yeah, we needed that Casey bomb. The Monopsy particle accelerator. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I, I, I think accelerator. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, I mean, I guess what we're saying here is definitely it, maybe the animation isn't the greatest, but this is still worth checking out, at least out of what Crunchyroll showed. And as we stated, since it was at AMYC. It's safe to assume that Crunchyroll will be is streaming this. Well, will be correct. Yeah, yeah, it's a Crunchyroll show. Yeah, so so um, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, honestly, even though we're saying like, oh, it, it's it maybe didn't adapt one to one, or like uh, the way that they're like fleshing out some things. Like, hey, I think I think this episode was fucking good. I think they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. No, I think it's a great adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, just, I think that it might not turn many heads because, you know, the animation isn't that remarkable. But in terms of storytelling, in terms of, like, adapting the source material and clearly understanding and wanting to bring out the best in it, it's really good. And mm-hmm. I really, you know, having no knowledge of the source material i really got into the characters into the story and uh, i was left looking forward to seeing more and i think that the anime will do a good job bringing the future parts of the story to life uh, in animated form really well so i think that it's a very strong start to the show as an adaptation and i think that fans of the manga can look forward to it and to how it'll continue to adapt the rest of the story yeah no i love the positive impression i mean i'd say don't go in expecting chainsaw man animation but no <laughs> you'll, you'll get you'll get an enjoyable show yeah. yeah, much better than the other two shows that we watched. <laughs> yeah, uh, easily. Like if uh, those other two shows are an indication, winter might not be a great season. <laughs> winter is always overall. like a like a throwaway season, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. Tomochan and Nagataro season two. Yeah, and there's gonna be Trigun, obviously, and Tricar. I mean, there could be things. It's just like 
you know, compared to the glut of shows that are come out there, you know, Tale of the Outcast is definitely going to be kind of on the top of the pack, like upper percentile of the pack, I would say. Okay. Well, I guess to ask you this, since I have not read the English version of the manga, like, how's that How's that really handled? Does it handle well by our buddies at 7Cs when cranking on this? Oh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, the lettering especially is amazing. It's uh, done by uh, Brendan Hull, friend of our friend Aiden. Ooh. Um, and the Potter. translation's really solid as well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm probably... Well, you said how many volumes are out. I know we talked about this off mic. Six volumes Six are volumes. out, and the seventh volume will come out next May, and then the eighth hasn't been scheduled yet. Okay, so, I mean, definitely at this point, I'll probably just pick up all of them at once, so... Okay, so I'm looking forward to that. I mean, again, reading the Japanese release, um, definitely, you know, the artwork is a big star in this. I always assumed that Makoto uh, Hoshino had, um, this was their first, but yeah, apparently they've had a series before this that, you know, I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, oh, wow, looking at the, and this is basically just me nerding out now, looking at the assistance list, there's... One person that has a serial currently in Sunday, Sanshi Fujita, and Akihisa Maki, who's done a couple of one-shots in Sunday. So, um, yeah. So just looking at they at the end of the book, they had all the assistants that helped them out with this uh, first volume. And, yeah. Oh, Uge Beso. I'm not sure how to read that kanji, but, yeah, they did a couple comedy manga for Sunday as well, so... Uh, Hoshino, all of their assistants have um, gone on to do some pretty interesting things, and most of them have stuck with Sunday, which is interesting, because a lot of times you see like assistants go on maybe different publishers to do stuff, but they not just Shogakukan, but stayed with Sunday. Nice. Well, yeah. I guess you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Tilly Outcast. Uh, check out the anime. I think, um, honestly, it might be a cult hit. Even if uh, the animation isn't up to par, the story that it's telling is evocative, and I think that um the acting the the lighting the the storyboarding i think it it, it all does its own part uh and it, it comes together to make a good final product um i for one i'm also gonna gonna be watching it and yeah i haven't really been watching that much anime recently at all um it's only like this season i started watching more stuff with our friend meow uh just because like I don't really got time. If we want to watch something, I'd rather watch it with other people. Yeah, like, I, get, I get that. Have a feeling. conversation yeah, about same. it. Yeah, I get that feeling. Like it is just way more fun to watch things with other people, and I'm more likely to finish things if I'm watching that with other people, other than peering out like yeah. by myself. Yeah, I'm the same way. Same here. I wish I had someone to watch Better Call Saul with. I mean, listen, if you, I if mean, you're, if you will. <laughs> I mean, y'all have at least a podcast to keep up with, hinted Mushroom Sakaki. <laughs> but then I have to wait for Sakaki's episodes to come out to watch said episode. Well, here's what you do, is that you kind of strong arm your way to being a part of the podcast, and that way you have <laughs> someone to talk about Better Calls All Wet, because you can talk about all the episodes. Okay, v Lord, episode I, I hear loud and clear, I will be back in LA, and we can watch more Better, we can watch Better Calls All together. I mean, I need to rewatch. I need to rewatch it anyway. So, like, I started to. Well, and- both of you for not including me. I mean, we and, could definitely uh, just have a wild watch Saw party. We we could do that because I mean that show's very Kino. Like, all right. 
Better watch Saul. Yeah, I'm, I'm on episode four, and it's already very Kino. So. See, that's... I, I know we're off topic, but that's, like... I, I tried to convince my sisters to watch it. They watched they watched Breaking Bad with me, and, like, they stuck through with it, even though it was kind of slow at first, but they couldn't hang in with Saul. So I'm kind of surprised. And most people I've heard that are, like, I, they either they start, they start Saul, and it's, like, it's kind of slow, so they kind of fall off before the end of the first season. But so you're like the first person I've heard who's like I already like it like from the get up giddy up you know, so I mean I think it comes yeah. like I already liked Saul and Mike so like exactly. since they're there from the beginning see it's you like, get it it's easy to invest exactly you get it you get it yeah see definitely I'll be all I know uh-huh. is that Saul is considered the germa for boomers and that I find fascinating <laughs> germa as in the Twitch streamer. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely. I guess I could see it. Like, yeah, definitely. We'll have to. We 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 will definitely need to. You need to better watch it all. Honestly, I, I think you would enjoy it. For all, <laughs> all things considered, it's a slow burn, but definitely worth it. And I mean, anyway, yeah, I don't want to get too off topic. But clearly, since we're already, we're talking about Saul, I guess we're getting towards the end of what we had to say about this. Basically, the end. The show will be on January eighth. You said. It'll be streaming January 8th on Crunchyroll, so you should give it a look-see. The manga's on Volume 6 from Seven Seas. Um, sounds like it's a great release. And, yeah. You know, and, again, this is it's surprising this got an anime, but I'm glad it's here. You know, I, it definitely sounds like somebody, just people at ShogakuCon pulled some strings and made this happen. And, because even... Even on Twitter, uh, Hoshino seemed to be surprised it got an anime too. <laughs> so, like, um, but I mean, obviously, they would have had to know something before the series ended. But even then, you know, they were kind of thankful and like, I didn't think it happened, but here we are. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I hope it raises the profile of the anime. I mean, the manga a bit, and maybe Hoshino will be back once they're feeling a little bit better. I see they they throw out some fan art every so often. I even think they might have gone to London since the series ended. Mm. I remember seeing them taking pictures and stuff and just kind of like, you know, having little little um, cardboard cutouts of like Marboss and Wisteria just like taking pictures, like selfies of them. <laughs> so on the streets, so... It would be, it definitely sounds like, you know, they've had some time to recover, and I definitely would love to see them back on Sunday, sooner rather than later, so. All right, well, I guess this is probably a good time to round out now. Uh, yep, you heard us regale the tale on this podcast, go out and watch Tale of the Outcast. Thank you, Mom. Or if you wanted right now, go buy the manga. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's available both in print and digital, right? Indeed, I have all of it digital that's really so far. Yeah, I'm probably going to get it on Bookwalker with some coins later. Yep, Marvis's manga is marvelous. <laughs> Lum's pun game has become too strong. Yeah. Can't stop it. I mean, yep, I... Yep, I'm pun and done. <laughs> I mean, like, I could probably... I, I'm going to be good and buy this one domestically. Because, I mean, yeah, I could probably go right now and buy the rest of it in Japanese for, like, fairly cheap. But, like, I should support... <laughs> Instead of just talking about it on podcasts, I should support, like, English releases. Sakaki, they don't know that. You just outed yourself. I just, I feel like they do, because we at this all the time to ignore us. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, as I, I mean, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but Chicago Guns blocked us, so... <laughs> I feel like they know, but, like... I met the listeners. Okay, well, 
I feel like I well whatever. I, I I'm putting I'm I can only do be I can only be in one place at a time. I can't cover all of the Japanese releases and English releases. So I think people know by now I've chosen the lane. But I'm trying to I'm trying to come <laughs> out of that lane a little bit and be more supportive of both sides. At least for stuff that is being brought over, and we are we are um, at a time now that more Chogakukan stuff is being brought over. I, I still wish and dream for a day that it could get something like Jump, and we could have the whole magazine. But eh, until uh, we'll, I'll take what we can get. Yeah, until that day gets here, uh, Lum. Why don't you tell us where the people can find you? You can find me at Lumoyasha on a variety of places. Like animation revelation, any list, letterbox, Twitter for however long Twitter still exists. Wherever there's a Lum Mamiyasha, you will find me there under that name. You can read my writing, my reviews over on mongerites.com. We have a lot of books coming in, a lot of views still meaning to get out, so look forward to more on there. That's always you can find the podcasts that I do, including Manga Mavericks, the podcast where it says manga as a medium and as an industry, reviewing series, covering news, interviewing folks in the industry, having all sorts of great people, including everyone on this podcast on to talk about series you all love and adore. And you can follow Manga Mavericks on socials, on Twitter at Manga Mavericks. And you can find the YouTube channel by searching for it, YouTube Search Manga Mavericks. Rolls on every podcast platform you can think of, Apple's Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And, of course, we are on Patreon, and you can support us on there. And if you want to hear more shoggy manga discussion, in particular and specifically... Listen to the other podcast I do, Alum Squad, the Yurisi Yatsura focused podcast I do, where we discuss the wonderful and wacky world of Mukutakashi's classic sci fi rom com, Yurisi Yatsura, having a lot of fun covering the manga as being released by Vids Media, the movies as released by Discotect and on Crunchyroll, and we are also having a lot of fun talking uh, about the new show that is currently airing, the reboot series. And we're excited to dig back into the old show when Discotech releases Blu-rays for it next year. It's been a great time to be a Scouser fan. A lot of new stuff, a lot of new content to talk about, a lot of podcasts to record and to release. And we're having a good time with it, so look forward to more episodes coming out to your airways and your butts very soon. And you can follow Lum Squad on Twitter at Lum underscore squad. And find our YouTube channel by searching for Lum Squad in the search bar. And we're also on every podcast probably you can think of Apple's podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor. And we also cross-post episodes in the Long Rats feed and post episodes early, sometimes quite often, a lot early, on the Long Rats Patreon. And if you like the art I make, the thumbnails I draw for my podcast, or the illustrations and animations I make in journal, you can find that stuff on my Instagram at SidArtworks. Nice. I'm so happy. It, it, it's a good time to be a Ursi Yatsura fan. But yeah, definitely. Oh, it mm-hmm. is. It is electrifying. It is rocking the planet. We're putting weirder weird together and making things even weirder every Thursday, and it's great. <laughs> Yeah, totally check out Lum Squad and all of uh, uh, Lum's other projects. Um, V-Lord, 
Where can people find you? Yeah, people can find me on Twitter at VLORGTZ, and then I write various things for the Manga Mavericks com website as well as Tsunami Faithful, so you can check out my reviews and articles over there. Uh, aside from that, I am involved with a number of podcasts with these amazing folks. The head honcho of them being the Demon Slayer podcast at D Slayer Podcast, and then we have Oversoul Shaman King podcast and Dumb Moves podcast, and of course this podcast. So yeah, ch- check them out. They're good, probably. I can vouch for them. They are. Uh, so, yeah, do check them out. Uh, <laughs> Sakaki, big boss. Where can people find you? <laughs> big boss. Um, you can find me at Kirobon on Twitter. That's at K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N. Um, right now, that's really just a retweet zone. But the real fun is at WSS Talkback on Twitter, which is where... You talk about Shonen Sunday, the magazine that most people only know from Rumiko Takahashi and Detective Conan. But we're trying our best <laughs> to educate the masses and show that there's a whole other, there's a whole world of other things out there. Like, for example, No Outcast that also that ran in Shonen Sunday. Um, and we're there are lots of other magazines out there, magazine-based Twitters out there, but we're the only ones that go through the entire magazine every week. Um, I'm definitely trying to find easier ways to do that, but I don't want to stop. As long as as long as Twitter is alive, we will keep on putting. I'm looking into alternate alternatives, but I really don't want to learn another platform. So <laughs> we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, we also have WSST, uh, yeah, WSSTalkback.blogspot.com, which is where we have translations of interviews with mangaka editors. Um. And most recently, a kind of uh, talk back on a on going to Otakon and uh, CR Expo. Um, yeah, so and we always look forward to having those there. And maybe I'll be moving some of the stuff there too, because reading comprehension is bitching, and <laughs> it would just be True. easier for me. <laughs> it would just be easier for me to like write about <laughs> new series there than it is to do a tweet. But we'll see how that goes. And as always, if anybody's interested in writing about um, Shogakukan stuff, doesn't have to be Shonen Sunday. Shogakukan is such a big and confusing publisher. <laughs> so there are lots of magazines out there that you might be reading right now. You know, I, not to alarm you, but you might be reading a Shogakukan manga right now. <laughs> so if you're like, geez, I really want to read about this or write about this, and I want to tell other people about it, then we're always accepting guest writers. Um, I mentioned it the other day um, that somebody offered to write a, a review on the Microsoft uh, live action live action thing that's coming to Netflix. I forgot when, but they they wrote us a rundown of the anime, and they're willing to do it for the manga too. So they're a really passionate fan of that. And yeah, if you are reading something and from ChicagoCon and you want to write about it, please by all means. Um, we're always looking for guest writers. Besides that, I write for Tsunami Faithful. I wrote an Otakon write-up there, so check if that a look-see. Um, I also am on a podcast, besides the podcast that Vilor mentioned, I'm on a podcast with our good friend Colton at Another DB Pod, which is Another Day, Another Adventure, where basically if Goku's in it and it's animated, we'll probably get around to talking to him about it at some point. If there's anything that I've done that has a lifetime, <laughs> a lifetime commitment, that's that. <laughs> that would be this show. 
but no, it's a lot of fun. Like we're we're working our way through Dragon Ball, and as much as we make jokes about how we're going to be at this forever, it's moving pretty quickly. I mean, we're not quite half, but you know, once we get back to recording, we'll be able to start putting out really quickly of that. Um, um, yeah, and I think that's generally where you know you can find me on the interwebs if if you're interested. So check it out. Nice. Yeah, definitely check out Sakaki's work. Uh, I I kind of I kind of got my my foot a little bit in the door also writing for WSS Talkback. Uh, it's it's always fun when you find something that you're really passionate about and someone else is there to like help you push help push you into it. And uh, Sakaki's definitely that person. So oh, if you ever you. feel like working with us, uh, just send a shout out. We'll we'll definitely work something out. Um. And yeah, uh, this has been Saturday Night Shoggy. Uh, you can find us on social media at Sat Night Shoggy. Uh, Twitter, yeah, I don't know how long that's going to be around. <laughs> we should <laughs> you should probably find uh, somewhere else just in case. But uh, our podcast can be found anywhere that podcasts can be found uh, on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, you name it. Um, if they host podcasts, we're probably there. Uh, do us a favor if you if you've been listening uh, and you liked it, uh, leave us a like, a comment, a rating, anything. Uh, help us bo- help boost us in the algorithm. Uh, and uh, and yeah, uh, I've been Marion. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at microwavy the e before the v. Um, I have a link with uh, with all my other projects there on my card. Uh, I've I've written for WSS Talkback. I write for Toonami Faithful. I'm actually doing a con write-up for them for Anime NYC because they, they helped me get a press badge. Uh, and I've also recently started writing for uh, Comics Beat. Uh, I, I wrote a, a One Piece Film Red review there, and I also wrote about uh, this webtoon on Neighbor called uh, True Beauty, which is... It's 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 a <laughs> very dramatic. It's, it's, it's something that, like... Honestly, my first gut impression was like, this is kind of like Peach Girl, but like less messy, which is a good thing. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was, that, that one ended up being a pretty long review. Um, and, uh, it feels good to write. So I'm glad because this, this past like year and a half after the peak of pandemic has been pretty rough. Uh, so getting back into writing has been pretty satisfying. Uh, but besides that, Oh, I should have done this the other way around. I already, already did the socials for SNS, but uh, but yeah, this has been Saturday Night Shaggy. Uh, Tell the Outcast is pretty fun. Once again, do check it out. Uh, Seven Seas uh, puts out the manga digitally and uh, on print. If you're if you're into that, if you have book space, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of something uh, clever here. Uh, I see London. I see France. I see Marbus. Wait, no, I can't. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> god. All right. I was thinking. Have like, a great night, everyone. <laughs> oh god. Thanks for thanks for listening to Saturday Night Shock. Bye bye. Bye. Sayonara. Bye.